live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me, and uh, it's the treatment of players in this league. To to watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull****. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's... No one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team, and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy, and then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer, and he's not good in someone's locker room, and he's the issue. That is Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors. It was a one-statement news conference. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Thanks for giving me the platform. Good to know that I I can say certain words on this radio show. I guess I didn't know I could say before. Castrated? Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting description. Yeah, graphic. Uh, I mean, you know what? Really drove the point home. I'm not mad at it. So Draymond Green is mad about the Andre Drummond stuff where they've basically sat him down. Well, him and Blake Griffin. Because they're going to trade them. Yeah, right? both teams came out and said, at this point, we're going to trade you. We're not going to play you because we're going to try to do that. Here's the, here's the one thing, a question I have, because you'll know the answer to this. Maybe more than me. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, what came first? Drummond basically saying... Like had, having like the bad attitude about playing time and basically forcing them to say, okay, well, if you don't want to be here, then we'll trade you. I think it's or just, was yeah. it Cleveland that was going to say, hey, we're going to trade you, and so that's why we're pu- putting you on the bench. I hadn't heard much from Draymond saying that he was upset with playing time. It was probably easy to assume he was upset with that because when they got uh, Jared Allen in the trade with that, that three-team trade with the Nets and everything, you kind of were like, okay, that – you know, Allen kind of fits what the Cavs are trying to do timeline-wise more than Draymond or uh, Draymond Andre Drummond mm-hmm. does. Uh, so he never was vocal about it, but maybe inside the locker room said something. Um, but really, everyone that was talking about the NBA in the past like week and a half was kind of like they're going to have to trade Drummond. There's no way he doesn't fit the timeline. You already have two great big men, and now you have you know you're adding Allen to it as well. So there's just not going to be enough room. Yeah, so Drummond, by the way, with 17.5 points, 13.5 rebounds a game uh, right now through 25 games. So it's not like he's performing poorly. No, he's a double-double every time. He's walking double-double. He's delivering. shoot free throws. Uh, Yeah, he's not very good at that, 59%. He's actually way up over his career numbers, which are 46%. Putting the work in. We appreciate Uh, (laughs) that, Andre. Yeah, see you. Uh, Let me ask you, do you have a major problem? This is an interesting thought from Drummond, because here's where the – Draymond Green, excuse me. uh, (laughs) We're all going to get – We're going to mess that up. How about just Green and Andre? Yeah. Uh, But – so Draymond Green is talking – it was wild what he said about Harden. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody's going to argue that he basically tanked it 
in his no, final days, no, right? And people and so were I, very I, critical. Yeah, I believe that's pretty cool that at least Draymond said that, right? Yeah. At least acknowledge that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of this other stuff was kind of tied to a little bit of the mental health aspect of what you're doing to a player just putting them on the bench, right? I mean, that's what he's really after here yeah. uh, in Draymond Green. Does he have a good point? Like, I never looked at it as that negative. This has been going on in the NBA for decades, where basically if, it goes on Major League Baseball, too. If you're going to trade someone around the deadline, you don't play them. You don't want to risk them getting hurt. Like, that's that's a common practice. Well, I guess I've never really looked at it in such a and, negative light. And I would even say, and too. And that might be my fault, by the way. I'm just saying. From a Cavs perspective, you're trying to work on the chemistry, get the young guys the experience. So if you are going to trade them, what's the point of limiting someone else's minutes when they could be out there learning the game and but, learning it as a the future right right Nah, but i mean mean, listen man like i think from andre drummond's perspective and like i I don't know too much i mean all i know about him is that he seems to be like a blue collar type of dude even when he's using detroit like it just seems like he goes about his business he keeps his mouth shut and he does what he has to do and the fact that okay that's fine that you're planning for the future but you have an all-star on your team or a former all-star in andre drummond a, a guy who's very respected in my opinion in the league and the fact that you're not playing him because of a of a trade negotiation going on. Like to me, that's disrespectful. Like to to me, like that. Why why would somebody want to go to Cleveland then after that? Like what what player is excited to go to Cleveland when they're like, yeah, well, you know, if they try to trade you, they're not going to play you. So enjoy your time there. Like I get it. Like all the contracts are guaranteed, and he's still making his money and all that stuff, and that's great. But let's be honest, man. The guy is in the NBA because he wants to play basketball, not because he wants to sit on the bench during a trade negotiation. Yeah, I. I it's an interesting dynamic, and I don't even really know what side I'm strongly on. Like, I don't mind the topic that's brought up, except we have two examples right now that I guess you could fight on both sides of the topic. So, like, Houston got held against the wall by Harden yeah. to trade me, and also, by the way, I'm going to show up out of shape, and I'm also not going to play hard. Correct. So they play him, but I'm not going to play hard. Yeah. But that's okay. Well, yeah. So that's okay for the player to do. But when the organization says, hey, we don't, we're going to go try to look forward to the future because we're going to get ready in the next few days, that's not okay to do. Like, that, well, talk about a double standard. I mean, and I know he brought that up. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is you can look at it from the organization's point of view as the same thing. Like, what if Drummond knows he's getting traded, and then for the next few days he goes Anthony out there Davis and doesn't play hard? Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know? that, I mean, that happened with the Pelicans, remember? They were, Anthony Davis is like, I want to be traded. I want to get out of here right now. And they were like, well, we have, you know, you're under contract. And then it was like, well, then I don't, I don't want to play because I don't want to get hurt. And then he, then he didn't play. And that was a big deal for them to be like, Anthony Davis is sitting out for the Pelicans. And it ended up being like the – it ended up being like a mutual sit-out thing. They're like, fine, if if you're not going to be here, you know, we're going to go off and do our own thing without you. Yeah. Now, in, to be in fairness to Drummond, it hasn't been as vocal, at least, that he's sitting there demanding no, a trade like Harden no, was, no, no, you no, know. Yeah. But Harden kind of gave the players a little bit of a black eye when he said, I want out, I want out, I want out, I'm going to do whatever I can to get out. Kind of like Jalen did it with the sure. Jags, right? But I mean, it he faked the back. Well, it did work, but th- what does it do to set the table for other players? Well, the organization's like, well, I'm not going to play the guy. He might not. He might be tanking it for the next few mm. games. I'm yeah. going to play somebody else that's going to be a part of our organization for the next few years. I just feel like, I mean, they do have that right. I, I don't necessarily know if it's right or wrong, but the but guy like Harden sets the table for a guy like Drummond to sit. 
No, you're right, but I feel like every player's personality is different. Like, yeah. Listen, once again, I don't know what type of dude Andre Drummond is. I don't know behind the scenes if he's you know been slacking, been complaining. I have yeah, no we idea. Just don't know we just don't know. Yeah. But once again, like you brought him there for a reason, and even though he's not in your future plans, well, you're kind of stuck with him right now. So like, why? Like to me, like I understand you're trying to play for the future, but at the same time, are you trying to win games? Or what is the NBA for? Are you trying to tank on purpose? Like, what are you doing? Like, I think Andre Drummond makes the Cavaliers better with him on the floor than with him in street clothes. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a guy that can average a double-double per game is only going to help his team out. So if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, what are you trying to say right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to say we're at the bottom anyway. So what's the point of winning right now? Yeah, yeah. Tank well, it. well, not only that, but you know, you could always see an organization saying, "Let's play our other guys. Let's play our our future players." But the biggest thing here is they don't want him to get hurt. Right. If they're going to trade him, they well, want his value to be there. They don't yeah. want him to get hurt. I mean, that's, that's why they're sitting him. Like, almost more so with. Uh, Blake Griffin because Blake I think Blake's owed like fifty million. Like he has some a lot of money owed. So like if you're gonna do a trade, you're gonna have to make it work somehow or you're gonna have to do a buyout with him and obviously if he gets hurt then that whole option goes down. I, I feel like it, at least in most spots now It'd be interesting to go back and look on this. And again, I don't mind uh, what Draymond Green's doing, uh, sticking up for the players in this sense, and also bringing kind of that mental health. Listen, I want to play. I mean, it, mm-hmm. this is. This stinks not sitting here playing. I, I didn't say – I didn't kick and scream I want out you know, or anything like that. So uh, I don't mind bringing it up in, in this sense. But I guess I just don't necessarily have that big of a problem with the organization looking out for itself. Because a lot of times when, when these trades are about to go down or when somebody – usually they get shipped off pretty quickly. Like it, It's not like it's going to last two, three, four weeks. I don't get the sense. And maybe that's why I've never had an issue with it. Because when somebody gets set down, usually they're traded within a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like this long, drawn-out process. Maybe this one will be. You know, and and then that would shed some different light on it, potentially, if it is. Kuz, how many teams are going to be in the playoffs this year? Ten? I, I believe it's right. Still, it's still it's 16, right? 16, but then they do the, the play-in. So you have two. They're um, doing the play-in again? Yeah. So it's... 16 teams this year for me? Well, potentially. So it's eight to each conference. Eight to each conference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then potentially a little more because of the play-in. Yeah, okay. you'll have the nine the and ninth, eight right. play if they're within, I so, think, three games. Three games so, like, essentially right now Cleveland's two and a half games out from going to the playoffs or with that play-in game. Yeah, so if you want. and I mean, I mean keep in mind, they're, they're 10 and 19, so it's not a good record, obviously. But crazier things have happened. Yeah, yeah. You know? You'd so, be better off having the double-double in the lineup if you want to catch the playoffs. That's right? what I'm saying. Uh, interesting. The one other thing, let me ask you this. This is an organization. I saw Jalen Ramsey uh, uh, retweet Green and say like, – are, are you following Jalen Ramsey now? I uh, know. Somebody else retweeted him. Okay. 100%. Okay. He said 100% should be in the NFL as well. And yeah. it's an interesting thing. Like I don't feel like as an employee here – I am on the same level as the ownership group. Okay. Like, they don't invite me in to make decisions. They they don't tell me everything that's going on within the organization. Uh, and maybe I should, you know, maybe I should kick and scream more. I want to be more involved in this stuff. You know, I'm an employee here. I want to. While I understand it's a little bit different in sports because there's a players union, mm-hmm. so to speak, I feel like. 
athletes now are almost asking for this like 50-50 partnership to run the organization. Yeah. Does it get, I mean, listen, there's nobody that has more power in sports. Well, the union in Major League Baseball is extremely strong, mm-hmm. but it seems like from an individual athlete standpoint in a team sport, nobody has more power than an NBA player. Do we agree on that? Well, unless you're Draymond Green, I guess. Yeah. Well, the well, NBA players seem like they have a lot I'm of I'm sorry. Uh, unless, unless you're, you're Drummond. I'm, I'm messing that up already. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but overall. Sure, overall, right? It's yeah, the most yeah. powerful yes. individual yes. player yes. in sports, yes. more so than NFL, NHL. It's, it's the most empowered sport you can have. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so what I think uh, what Green is essentially saying here is I want more. What Jalen Ramsey retweeted say, we want more we want to well, I think power he, in that see, sense. See, I think Draymond Green's just trying to say that, yeah, you may want more, but it's the whole condescending nature of everything. Because NBA, any, any fans of any professional sport, I think there's a sense of fan bases that get upset when players want to do what's best for them. Whether they want to leave, yeah, or they want more money, all that stuff. Like, fans usually have an issue with that. Even like back with Jalen Ramsey, when we even when like it was looking like oh we still might be able to keep Jalen Ramsey, like people were supporting you know Jalen Ramsey, yeah, but true. some people were also against Jalen Ramsey. And then when he goes, it's like see oh, you later. Then what's to see you later, right? So fans and fan bases they have a sense that when players want more, or when players want the trade, or when they're not happy, then they get upset. But what Draymond Green's trying to say is okay, you have a guy in Andre Drummond who hasn't made a spectacle of it, who by all means looks like he wants to play. And now the organization saying, well, no, you can't play. So, like, I think he's trying to look at where's the outcry for that? Where Where's the fan base called the Cavaliers saying, yeah. well, you have a guy that wants to play on your team, that wants to put up that double-double every single night, and you're not letting him do that. Yeah. That's that's the condescending of of sports. Well, that okay, so let's flip that around. Let's make sure. it more Jacksonville-related. Okay? okay. That's a good, good idea. So Jalen Ramsey wants out. Correct. And Jalen Ramsey says, hey, I'm going to play my best until I'm out, but I want out. Sure. And the organization's like, well, we want you out of here. We don't like you either. Okay. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So we're shopping you. Mm-hmm. And instead of the back injury thing, the Jags for two weeks or three weeks say, we're sitting you down. Yeah. What would the fans have done? Would the fans have been ticked off at the Jags for saying, what do you mean you don't want this guy around? Because, yeah. again, I think that's a, what you just brought up is an important part of the whole Ramsey thing. Mm-hmm. Leave the Ngakwe aside for now, but the Ramsey is more, I think it, it, it plays more into what we're talking about. And you were right. They, the org, they were ripping the organization. Fans in Jacksonville were ripping the organization for not making the Ramsey thing work, for getting it to mm-hmm. a certain level where it was starting to boil. But then the tipping point, the changing point, was Ramsey not playing. Ramsey with the back. Yeah. And fans were like, well, double after, birds to after, Ramsey at that After Shad Khan kind of guaranteed that he would play. Yes. Remember that? Well, he thing? set the table for Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, and so that's that week, okay, that was like a Tuesday, and, and Shad's on Wall Street talking mm-hmm. on CNBC. Yeah. And he gets asked about it, and he says, hey, yeah, he's told me he's going to play. Well, because they're playing Thursday, I remember. We're at the stadium. And, and so, that's right. And so, uh, the show. Well, actually, Thursday was his last game. This would have been after oh, that. This okay, would have been okay. after that because it was a Sunday okay, game. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, because Thursday was the last game Ramsey yeah, played. Yeah, he played, and you're right. They beat, uh, they beat the Titans. Okay. So, so then he sets the table. Remember, we had a little debate about this. I thought, you you kind of thought, and some people did, and, and I still don't know if you're right or wrong, that, that the owner was looking bad if he didn't play. Yeah, I think he yeah. totally set the table to kind of twist this onto Ramsey to be like, well, he told me he was playing and he didn't play. And boom, there it went. The back, I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. You know, I want out. But again, I, I just want you for this exercise, this shift that week, 
mm-hmm. and say, well, hey, listen, we're trying to trade him. Shad says, we're trying to trade him. It's not going to work out here. And Ramsey on the uh, on Wednesday in our news, listen, I'm going to play as long as I'm here. Like I get it. It's part of the business. If I'm out, I'm out. But while I'm here, I'm going to play. And Sunday comes along and Doug Marone says, well, we're not playing him. Yeah. We're sitting him out. Yeah. I think there would have been a ton of angst toward the organization, right? Wouldn't be toward Ramsey. Yeah. Would have been toward the organization saying, what do you mean you're trying to get rid of him? What do you mean you're not playing him? We want to see him at least a couple more times. Yeah. He's our best player. No. So we, to we, your point, I think maybe the Cavs fans are saying that about Andre Drummond a little bit. No, with, without a doubt. And listen, I think... See, it's comparable, but there's a couple different I, I understand. It's here. not... It's so I mean, obviously, apples apples, well, obviously the NFL, every game is that much more important than an NBA game, yeah, right? Because you true, only get true. 16 of them, uh, 17 now coming up. But I like the comparison, but now think of it like this. Think about Jalen Ramsey not wanting to leave or not, not giving any hints that he actually wants to get out of Jacksonville. And let's just think, all right, well, the Jaguars want to get rid of him for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe maybe he did something wrong, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But, you know, Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone, they don't want you him here anymore. You blew up at Doug Marone on the sideline, yeah, yeah, and because of go. that, they said, you're yeah, out of here. You're out of here, right? So let's say they're trying to shop Jalen Ramsey right now, and the teams that are interested are like, well, okay, but you can't play him on Sunday. So they choose to hold Jalen Ramsey out. And now if you're a Jaguars fan, it's like, well, what the heck, man? Like, okay, you yeah. want to get rid of him? Fine. But, like, we still got to win these ball games here. Like, right. we're still trying to compete. That, to me, is what it's like. Yeah. And I think if that's the scenario, Jaguars fans would be more than upset. I do, too. I, right? I mean, how, when you put how, it in that how, context, how I think be? they would have been mad at the organization. How could you not be? Like the, the back injury is something, right? Like, that that took away from being on Team Jalen. Yeah, that flipped. It did. From, hey, we love you, Jalen, to double yeah. bird Jalen. And this is what's happening in Cleveland. There is no back injury. There's just a guy who's, by all means, I think just wants to play the game of basketball. And yeah. they're trying to ship him off. Yeah, and it kind of like that's what makes it different a bit from Harden. Yes. Because Harden was like, I don't want you anymore, Houston. So what does a Rocket fan probably do? It's like, well, yeah. screw you then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and now you're tanking it. Now yeah. you're not playing. So these they're they're kind of unique. It's just interesting that players are more empowered than ever. I don't think that's a problem necessarily. I mean, we've seen it with Deshaun Watson right now. I just don't know where that ceiling is. Ownership is still ownership. There's only 32 owners in, or 30 owners in sports or whatever league you're talking about. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like treating Draymond Green the same as treating the 11th guy on the bench for, for Golden State. Because that's not equal. Like, they're not the same. So I just I wonder where the ceiling is. Again, player inclusion, player empowerment to a degree, I don't have a major problem with. I think... Uh, Kind of like what I say about everything. There's got to be some checks and balances in there, too, though. <laughs> no, no, listen, there definitely has to be. And I think, like, to get back to your point of the NBA, like, yes, it has the most empowered players. But is, um, is, Andre, uh, is Andre Drummond one of the most popular players in the NBA? Probably not. No. But at the time, he was, in my opinion, the face of the franchise in Detroit until Blake Griffin got there. So, like, this guy has earned his stripes. He is well-respected. And the fact that you're doing him like this... Yeah, I I think it warrants some criticism. And what I would say too is that he's delivered. I mean, it's a yeah. double double machine. It's yeah. not like he's playing poorly. Yeah. Um. So, I, I in in conclusion for me, I really don't have a major. This has been such a thing in sports. Like it's the first time I've ever given it much thought. If you're yeah. about to trade a guy, 
if you sit him for a couple games, it doesn't really bother me that much. Like I, I don't now. If you're going to sit him for four weeks, now we're I get exactly what well, Green's going to talk about. No, I, for I get sure. What he, from a even from just a mental health standpoint, yeah. I mean, what am I going to do with myself for the next month? No, listen. But at the end of the day, though, if you're a fan and you can complain about the contracts and players holding on, players wanting more money, that's fine. But then you better be complaining too about how franchises like the Cleveland Cavaliers are trading are treating Drummond right now, because you can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting situation Green brought up. Uh, Whew, NBA talk, Brent. Wow. Well, yeah, Busy. sports talk, really. I'm not kidding. I, I, like, <laughs> listen, I like that deep dive by Green. It was a, it was a good topic to yeah. uh, bring up last night. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. If the Bears get Carson Wentz, it does not make them a Super Bowl contender. It makes them better. No longer can you just ask yourself, if we get this quarterback and he plays as good as he can, are we better? You have to ask yourself, if we get this quarterback with this roster and he plays as good as he can, can we win a Super Bowl? Legit. There's two teams that are in the Carson Wentz conversation that fit that mold. The Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. If Carson Wentz goes to either of those teams and he plays as well as he's had and stretches in his NFL career with the rosters that have that they have in place, they are legit Super Bowl contenders. The Bears with that offensive line and skill group are not. That is Dan Orlovsky, I think. Yeah. Sorry, Austin, you were out eating. I didn't give you a chance to get that one. I, I must be really good at this game. I mean, I feel like my record's strong. Who did you tell him who it was? I did not know. Not this time. Okay. Hey, we got another uh, mock draft out. Uh-oh. I, I don't even get as excited about the mock drafts anymore. You know what I'm more no, excited about? I start shocking them. Shock your mock That's is what now what I'm about. excited. That's what I'm saying. I don't care about the Daniel Jeremiah's and no. the McShay's no. and the Dane Brugler's Who's and that? those kind of guys. Guy. Walter Camp or whoever. Mm, never heard of him. Mile Kuyper didn't even he's got have cool video hair. of Austin Lane. Yeah, he's got cool hair, though. I don't even For real. I care about your mock draft, folks. Yours. Not Austin's. Yours. Yeah. Because I can't wait for it to get shocked. Yeah. Shock get, your mock season two is coming up you soon. You better believe it. And listen, Brent, I'm starting to see I'm starting to see some whispers out there. I'm starting to see, listen, the, the, these mock drafts are starting to crawl from underneath the surface a little bit, crawl from underneath the sewers of the, of the trash that they came from, and they're starting to make their way to Twitter and Facebook. I see them out there, Brent. It's almost that time, man, to shock your mock draft. Oh, uh, it's going to be fun. Did you say we have James on? From Charlotte? Roll call it up, baby. Charlotte's a first-timer. Okay. I think. From Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, I think James, so. what's happening? Oh, nothing much. I actually have called before. It was way back when we lost to Tennessee, and I was ticked off uh, that uh, we didn't um, get that call when they were lined up offside. But anyway, uh, I, I do remember before. that. I remember you now. I do remember. That might have been before we, we always started the call. Yeah, but we always try to block those Titans games out, you know, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. I got it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I actually, it's funny you just mentioned the Mark Drask because I wanted to talk about that, and I wanted to get your opinion. You know, my son and I, we talk about these things all the time, and you go through millions of scenarios. Two things. One, um, I'm also a Dolphins fan, but I'm also a big Jags fan. I think Deshaun Watson ends up in Miami. He will not, and I will bet my next paycheck, he does not end up in New York. There's no chance he will end up in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have my reasons because 
He has a no trade clause. He's not going to go to New York. He's not going to go to from the team picking third overall, really, to the team picking second because they would have to trade away a lot of their draft capital to get him. So he's back in the same scenario. He's not going to New York. I still think he's going to Miami. But anyway, that's beside the point. You can talk about that later. But I wanted to talk about the draft. Obviously, number one is Trevor Lawrence. Number mm-hmm. 25, though, is where I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Because I think there's so many holes on this team, but there's such a deep draft class that we're going to get probably the first five we have should be starters. But what do you think about maybe, and again, depending on who's sitting there, but trade down a little bit at 25 if you can find a partner, especially those uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay kind of teams that want that one guy that's sitting there. Um, Maybe one of the receivers falls, whatever. Um, Trade down, say, to 32 or even to 34 to New York, maybe they want to trade up. Um, And grab an extra second or third um that's just another player the problem with that and that's what i wanted to talk about you risk losing out on a morig or maybe that lineman that you want barmore seems to be the consensus right now barmore i think fryermuth will be there in the second round i really do um but you know that's kind of what i'm looking at i like extra picks but you, you know it's just like anything you gamble you run the risk of you know, losing out on that guy like the Trayvon Morig. I think he he is a stud. I I watched TCU a little bit here and there. I've got all the channels, and he is really good. So uh, he would be an excellent addition. But at the same time, I uh, I'm all for trading one pick for two and getting two starters. So anyway, that's really all I had to say. I can stay on or or get off. <laughs> James, appreciate yeah, appreciate the call, man. Thanks. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll discuss that right now, and, and it's a good question. Um, and I might surprise you with the way I go here. Normally, I think trading down, a lot of people want to trade down. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you guys and Austin and James. Jags have had plenty of picks. They had a dozen last year. We got 11 more this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't need more picks. I, I don't. I, I don't want more picks. They've got five in the top 65. Mm. I'd rather go get a player in the top 18. Top fifth, I'd rather package and move up if if I feel like there's a need there, or I'll just sit there. But I would not be crazy about moving back down. Whoever you want at 34, you can get a 33. Correct. Just to get another pick. Now, again, it, it might make sense. However their board lines up, and they might have uh, the top 22 guys in this draft are really good. Then there's a separation between 23 and 48, let's just say, right? Yeah. And that's a whole pod where you can't go wrong there. Mm-hmm. And if that's where it lines up, fine. That that, that happens. I, I don't know how that's going to shake out on their war room board. But just here, sitting here, I would much rather see the Jaguars take that bevy of picks and go up and get another stud. And I don't need you to give away the draft for that. Take a pick or two. Take a chance. Go get somebody that you really like so somebody doesn't take the guy you want. I'll take you back to the Taven Bryan draft. If I had this amount of picks, 
back then, mm. and I forget how many picks the Jags had then, mm-hmm. trade up ahead of Baltimore and go get Hayden Hurst if you want the tight end. I'm not even telling you that it was going to work out and that would have been the greatest pick of all time. I'm just saying if that's the scenario because you wanted Hurst, but two or three picks ahead of you, Baltimore took him, yeah. so then you go to plan B, which is Taven Bryant. No, you don't need to do that, Jacksonville. You have plan B. It's called pick 33. It's called pick 44. It's called pick whatever else. You have plan B, C, and D with so much ammunition. Go well, get your guy. Yeah. I see what it's James, right? James, yeah. yeah. I see what James is trying to say, though. Yes, you do have a lot of equity right now in the draft, but you also have equity towards the end of the draft. And we've been over this before, Brent. Like, those guys taking the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, like, you don't expect them to come in and play right away. No. And if you look at this roster right now, there's a lot of holes that need to be filled. I mean, now, granted, you're going to fill some of those holes in free agency, but from a draft perspective, I think what James is trying to say is, like, yeah, you have a lot of capital, and they've traded back in the past, but you have you could have a lot of a lot more capital towards the end of the first or the beginning of the second round, where those guys are going to be your starters, hopefully, going forward. Like, if you draft somebody in the second round right now in Jacksonville, you expect them to come in and be a starter uh, yeah. day one. Much like LaVisca right. Chanel. So, exactly. So, that's what I think what James is trying to say here, where it's like, yes, you already have a lot of draft picks. And, yes, I mean, you, you can only have so many. I understand that. But to have a lot more at the first, at the end of the first round and maybe the second round, like, that that can be a game changer. That can. So, I see where James is coming from. And, by the way, Trevon Morig Woodward, I'm not mad at either. I mean, that guy's a safety out of TCU. I can say his name properly. So, I like that already. So keep that in mind for your mock drafts out there, folks. You start well, sending them in. high on him. I got to yeah. be honest with you. I don't know much about him. Yeah. I watched a couple TCU games this year. That was Good more of you. just my – How bored were you? Dude, I mean, we have six games going at the same time on your TV. You're going to watch a TCU game every once in a while. I mean, by the way, Baylor really came through for me this year in terms of the over-unders. <laughs> I'm just saying, no one was buying that Baylor offense this year, man. But they are putting some points up a couple games. But here's what – and I'm going to echo your point a little bit. So I see where James – this is me saying, James, I see where you're coming from. But this is what I want to do. And this is more towards what your line of thinking right now. There's a reason why I don't want the Jaguars to get Orlando Brown with that first. We've been over this before. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want them to, to trade away a first-round pick for Orlando Brown. Would it be worth it? Probably. Yeah, I, I think, think you Ol- can make the case. I think Orlando Brown is going to be a hell of a player. You're going to protect Trevor Lawrence going forward. And once again, we've talked about it where you can sit here and say that draft pick was you basically got Orlando Brown for, for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And, and you got uh, Caleb on Chase on as well. Not a bad trade-off, so I'm not mad at that. But what, I, what I'd want to do here, and it depends how the draft shakes out and everything like that, but if I'm the Jaguars, I'd seriously consider trading that pick away, and obviously it's maybe some second-round picks as well you're going to have to do, try to get Kyle Pitts. Now, if, if I'm the Jaguars and, you know, let's say Kyle Pitts falls to, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, and that could happen, I feel like, then I'm going to go on Twitter, and I'm going to be like, if you guys retweet this 500 times <laughs> within the next two minutes – We'll, we'll get we'll get Kyle Pitts. We'll trade up and get Kyle Pitts. Like that's that 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 to me is the splash play. Now is Kyle Pitts a sure thing? Well, nothing's really a sure thing in the tight end position, especially in the first round. But I just feel like if you want to make the most m- most noise in the NFL draft, go get Kyle Pitts. Yeah, listen, I I think uh, there's a mixed bag out there, by the way. I think in Jagsland about going to get Kyle Pitts. Sure. I think they like Kyle Pitts, but going to get him. I am more on board. I like the aggressive nature of that. You have not been able to solve that spot. And I'm looking at what Waller's doing out in Oakland. Yeah. I see what Kelsey has done. I know that, the, that those aren't even the same guys, but you get my point. The production has been so lacking that I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm desperate at the tight end spot that even though he's not your typical tight end, 
I like the idea. I told you before, Patrick Sertan. I like him. I, yep. I think he's worth going to get. I think there's probably a couple other players in that first round that's like, okay, I'll I'll trade some stuff away for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll risk some capital for that and get me two stud players, Trevor Lawrence and yes. this guy. So I don't mind that. I'm a little surprised at how much Pitts is slide, uh, going up boards. Yeah, uh, him, Daniel Jeremiah had him but... today at number six to Philadelphia. Yeah. I've seen him a lot at seven and eight. I think I even saw somewhere that he was like in the top five. See, is he I'm really not... going to be a top five pick? I'm not entirely sold in that quite yet. Because I still think there's going to be a run on wide receivers as well. Because there's some really good wide receivers well, out the there and the quarterback. quarterbacks, well, quarterbacks as well. But I'm saying from the skill position. You the skill know Penny Sewell is going five to the Bengals. Like, that's a lock. You know, yeah. two lock picks, okay? The yeah. Jags at one and Penny Sewell to Cincy. Now, mm-hmm. that's if they stay there and, yeah, and, there unless somebody trends. else picks him ahead of him. But mm-hmm. he's not getting by five is my point. Sure. And then you're right. Wide receiver and quarterback, it could be a run on those guys. But Kyle Pitts is kind of in the wide receiver mold. Like I would put him in that class. I I don't think he's. I don't. I think I like Chase. You know, even though he hasn't played in a year, more so than Pitts. But you might see a run. I'm just saying the Pitts stuff, which started around like 18, maybe even 20, then slid up a bit to 15 and 13. Now has inched its way up into the top eight. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are putting Kyle Pitts in the top eight. I mean that might you just, that's untouchable yeah. territory. Like the Jags aren't going to get back in no, the top no, ten. No, no, no. So I think they have to hope that he does slip down a little bit. Which, the run on quarterbacks, the run on yeah. receivers. But then I would seriously consider making a play for him. And I told you before, I'd seriously consider making a play for Patrick Sertan too. Yeah, uh, I like him. Now you can pick your guy in that spot, whoever you want. Um, but you, I am not afraid. Patrick Sertan or Kyle Pitts? No, no doubt. Trade up? No, I think Pitts. Okay. I, I think Pitts. Okay, I'm, I'm sure we're on the same page now. No, I am desperate. Well, well I guess with that, my, I can my goalie can go draft anymore. Maybe they're not going to do it this year. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. desperate, though. Like, I'm desperate at the tight end spot. And yes. I'm willing to roll the dice. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's fine. If if I if I roll it and, I, and it's terrible, well, I'll, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Count me in, though, on that train to be able to do whatever you can to go get Somebody that would be a playmaker at tight end. I'm watching all these good teams over the last handful of years have tight end for the most part. The Jags need that. That would certainly help out Trevor Lawrence uh, as well. I don't know if I feel the same way about a receiver. If Devontae Smith slips to 14 or something like that, I don't know if I'm making that play up to get Devontae Smith. I wouldn't really? hate it. Yeah. But I don't know if I am. I don't know if I feel as strongly as I do about Sertan and even Pitts. As I do with Waddle and Smith, and because I do think the receiver group is usually very deep, and it's getting deeper and deeper every year. And the Jags have had a lot of luck finding players in the second round on that position. They definitely have, yeah, they, they definitely have. But listen, you, you can say like last year, I mean, the receiver group was deep as well. I mean, let's see, you had Rugs, Judy, Judy. C.D. Lamb, Regor, Jalen Regor, um, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. All taken in the first round. Yeah. But, like, to me, Justin Jefferson sticks up more than anybody. I mean, CeeDee Lamb had an okay season, but, like, Justin Jefferson was the cream of the crop. Oh, in that. So, like, I, I get, like, yeah, it's a deep wide receiver draft, sure. But you want to get the wide receiver. Okay, you, you but if get you the guy. picked the number one wide receiver, no, nobody was him, taking Justin no, Jefferson no, first. I, I get what you're saying here, Brent, but what I'm trying to convey is the fact that, okay, you can have a deep wide receiver class. 
But, I mean, did Jalen Regor really contribute that much to the Eagles he this year? He started to come on a little bit toward the end, I think. But, no, but, I mean, not enough. Yeah, yeah. No, but a lot of guys didn't. That's that's a point. Like, I think – and I'm not saying all those guys are going to be bad and busts. Yeah. But I do think you saw six receivers go. So the Jacks can get a receiver at 25. Maybe it is Kadarius Tony. you mm-hmm. know, yeah. that they end up getting that they still feel good about. Is he as good as Devontae Smith? Maybe not. But the drop-off is not as – drastic as it might be for Kyle Pitts versus somebody else, right? Or yeah. corner Patrick Sertan versus somebody else. That's what I always look at in the draft. And to me, where you see drop-off, that's where I say, let's go get him. Yeah. Right? If there's a deep position like defensive tackle, if I don't get Barmore, guess what? I end up with a Lee McNeil, who we talked about yesterday sure. from NC State. I feel okay about that. I feel okay about that. So that's, to me, where I think James says, yeah, let's compile picks. I'm okay. I get it. I get the theory. Most teams, most years, you want to do that. The Jags, keep in mind, have had 23 picks over the last two years. I don't think they have as many positions to fill as everybody says they do. They need more better. They need better players at some of those spots. So you got to fill them. Well, just think on offense. All right. And we got to go to break. I know, but real quick on offense. Sure. They're going to fill the quarterback spot. Correct. They have a hole at tight end. Yes. Okay, well, they have I, they have holes, but they're not going to go fill them with, like, you're not going to go take I mean, a running back. No, oh, the linemen, they're all set right now. We'll, well see what they do tackle. with Cam. Well, okay. we'll see what they do. But okay. All right. are you, I'm convinced they're either keeping Cam or going to get somebody in free agency, though. I'm just saying. So we'll from see. a draft standpoint, they're okay. not going to fill that with a draft pick. Okay, got you. So on offense, they've got two spots. One spot, really. Tight end. Okay. Okay? Okay. Defensively, you got Devon Hamilton, who I think they feel pretty good about. You got Josh Allen, Chase on. You need one more spot in there. So if they don't, you need, you need uh, two more spots. You, you need two more interior def- defensive linemen. I said Devon Hamilton in there too. You got one. So Hamilton, who's who's going to be? Oh, okay, my bad. Because Hamilton's, of the three four, we're yeah. moving those guys outside. Yeah. So yeah, you need two spots, and I think you'll get one in free agency and one with the draft. So there's two spots. Okay. Okay. Uh, linebacker, you're all set. Correct. Corner, you can use an upgrade in one of the spots. That's yes. three. Safety. And safety, again, probably you can go four. or So probably, let's just say four. Okay. Well, they have five picks in the top 65. What? So why do you need more? Where are you going to put that starter that you have three second-round picks? I'm trying to get as many defensive line as possible. Yeah, Lineman. again, you can yeah. build depth. I, yeah, I'm not, yeah. That's I'm just what I saying to do. that's why I don't necessarily believe that you need to go accumulate more. Mm-hmm. Just go get the better players that give me an upgrade Yeah. for this year. That's why I think it works better this year. we got to take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Here's the thing. I know Urban a little, not well, but I consider him to be an intelligent man. I've, I've been around him enough. He worked here at ESPN for a little while between coaching jobs, and I've just been around him. He's a smart guy. How do you miss that? Like, how do you not know that's going to be a problem? When they made the hire, my first reaction was like everyone else's, extraordinary surprise. But it seemed to me a foregone conclusion that they had foreseen it was going to be an issue and were prepared to respond. The fact that they seemed completely blindsided by the way it was received so much so that a day later they just couldn't take the heat of it anymore that's jarring i'm 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 flabbergasted by that mike greenberg i mean i knew that one i was gonna say i love that word flabbergasted fallout (laughs) continues from the hiring and quickly departing departuring uh chris doyle you think you got paid that's a great question (laughs) got paid from iowa uh Think you got paid here? I don't know. Is is that like a like when when you buy a house, right? Yeah. 
you basically have like a three-day window, I think, like three business days to back out of it. Which is crazy to me. I think. I mean, how I think do you, that's how it works. Like, I'm sure I think it does. Any contract, who does basically, that, I think that's a contractual thing. And lawyer, please let me know or somebody else let me know. But I think it's like almost any contract you sign, I think you have like a 72-hour window. I mean, if only, we, if only we had a realtor on here that used to talk sports with us and, and, and making wagers. I know. I could check with Brandon. But yeah. I, I don't even know if it's just real estate. I think I've heard it in real estate more often because okay. it's such a big purchase. Yeah. But I like if, if the TV station signs. I think they call signs, it grace period, right? Yeah, I think if the station you know, signs me to a contract. Sure. I think I have like a 72-hour window with, with no real um, you know, uh, ramifications. Sure. To say, actually, no. Hold on. Yeah. I'm <laughs> out. Got, yeah, no, I got you. I think. So it's not like if they bring somebody new and they can't just sit you on the sidelines until <laughs> a trade goes through or anything. Is that <laughs> yeah, what you're saying, too? Right. You're good? Okay. I don't know. I, I wonder if I'm right on that. Maybe that's no, like an I, old I think school thinking right. of me. Uh, no, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. They call it a grace period. You have like a week grace grace period, like they say. It's like a warranty. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had anything guaranteed. <laughs> I can tell you that. Not in this business. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos. Hey, let's uh, just continue for a moment on uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. Uh, that's one of the latest ones out. So you think he got paid, though? I mean, we didn't answer the question. Oh, you're really <laughs> stuck on this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kidding. Listen, the reason no, why I'm stuck well, on this. that's my point. I, I said I don't think so. Okay, because imagine if you're well, Shad Khan, you got to dish out a couple mil here. Oh, you sure as didn't get paid that. Well, that's right. like a thing. Well, like, contracts, you know, are, contracts are co- Hey, they, there's buyouts. No. There's buyouts. I don't think he got paid a cent. Okay. Uh, I also not a big believer that he came to them and said, "Okay, I think you should let me go." <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, you know what? Forget the money. I'm out of here. Peace. Uh, nah, I don't know. All right, real quick. Uh, all right. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson is now the prohibitive favorite to be the number two quarterback off the board. You He's like it guy, or not? Huh? <sighs> I don't know. Nah. You don't? No. See, I do. Oh yeah, I kind of like you do. I like Justin Fields too, but uh-huh. I don't mind Zach Wilson. I mean, hey man, you pretty much confessed your love for Justin Fields, and all of a sudden you're off the Justin Fields bandwagon. I'm not. Gonna, gonna need you to make it. Gonna need you. You want to bring up the tweets? You got receipts here. I like I can, Justin. I Fields. can find them real quick. Okay. But if the if we were having this, you know, conversation, that's cool. I, I think this receipts. would be a heck of a conversation. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields for the number two pick. Be a great conversation. It'd be fun. We'd have lots to talk I like, about. I like Zach Wilson. Okay. I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good player. Okay. I think he's more boomer bust, but I think he's going to be a good player. Okay. Uh, and then I, where do you see uh, Trey Lance looking? Trey Lance, they've got him going number eight to Carolina. Brent Martineau, I love Fields. That's Daniel Jeremiah. I do love Fields. The only way that Jay I didn't just say a, I didn't like Fields. I know. I'm saying like, this, this, this on Twitter. This is on like, Twitter. No, yeah. this is just Fields. Fields of Green. Um, hey, what, look at this one. What do you think about Zach Wilson? I kind of like him, but I prefer Fields. Maybe that will change by April. Oh, dang it. Maybe that will change by April. Ah, dang it. There's a failsafe. There's a failsafe in there. Yeah, nice job, Brent. Mm. Good work. That's like the old laugh out loud or dang. smiley face or crying emoji. You got to do that now so people know that you're not dead serious. Mm. Can't get called out. Riding the fence. We got to go. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I have got a player A versus player B that might stun you when we come back. Huh? on ESPN 690.